So, uh, welcome to another edition of the uh, Cognitive Bias Podcast. I'm your host, David Dylan Thomas. Uh, pretty short episode today. Um, first, a couple of updates. Um, a while back, we talked about a bias called the Deformation Professionnelle, um, to give you my uh, high school level French pronunciation of that. Um, but it's basically a bias around uh, doing your job so well that all you think about is doing your job, even when it causes harm to others and kind of goes beyond the boundaries of common sense. So uh, I was reminded of that during the recent scandal around uh, United and them basically beating up a guy to get him off the plane. Um, and there's certainly arguments back and forth about, you know, what are the proper protocols and, you know, doesn't United have a right to do that? That was, you know, what the terms of service, as it were, and all of that. But at the end of the day, if you're going to physically assault someone, right, <laughs> you know, in the eyes of the people who were doing that, they were doing their job and perhaps doing it very, very, very well. But uh, the optics of it at a very shallow level and then the actual you're assaulting a, a human being at the moral level like that part. I'm going to reckon was sort of blinded by the, this is our job, we need to do our job, let's do our job. Um, so a very, I think, relevant, um, recent example of um, a pretty, pretty harsh cognitive bias, and it wouldn't be the first time that that bias has caused physical harm to someone else. Um, so anyway, that was interesting. And then I also wanted to give you on a completely different note. Um, so a guy named Brian Urasitz, who I feel like I met a while ago, is a friend of a friend. Um, and, uh, I found out through that friend, um, that he had created some art for the podcast. So if you go to the SoundCloud version of this, I haven't quite figured out how to get it into the iTunes version, but if you go to the SoundCloud version, um, you can see the art he created has these cool little like arrow graphics, you know, um, and, uh, I want to say thank you. Um, and so you can check that out. Um, also want to give a shout out to, uh, the oatmeal, uh, Matthew Inman's, uh, comic. I recently did, um, a post on, uh, the backfire effect, which is fantastic. You know, as I've, you know, tweeted at the time, this does a much better job of explaining things than my podcast ever could. I think we talked a little bit about the backfire effect in the confirmation bias episode, but it is this basic idea that if I give you more information or more evidence, but you've already made up your mind, you're going to come away from that conversation just being more convinced that you're right. Um, so it's one of those facts don't matter kind of, uh, arguments, but it is a great job of sort of talking about it and how to combat it and being the oatmeal it is also hilarious so i highly recommend you check that out so all of that to get to um this week's topic which is information bias and information bias is tricky just because the phrase information bias actually refers to a lot of different kinds of bias there's a sort of a medical one and a sort of statistical one the one i'm talking about is basically a bias you know a strictly speaking cognitive bias where you believe that more information is better, right? So before you make a decision, you're going to gather as much information as possible, even when that information, as it turns out, isn't going to help you make the decision. Um, so uh, a typical example in the study the, that kind of originated this term um, is that you uh, give someone kind of a medical situation and you say, okay, we're going to do a test. We think this person has globoma, but there's like a 20% chance they have either one of these. If they don't have that, then they have one of these other two diseases. And you say, here's a test you can do. And it's sort of like, basically what it boils down to is if you do the test, it's not actually going to affect your, di your your course of action. Like because the odds are still going to be very high that they have globoma, you're going to treat for that anyway. But you can run this extra test that may or may not give you useful information. But at the end of the day, it's not going to share or additional information, but it's not going to affect what, you know, what you're actually going to do. People will still, right, 
under those circumstances, like as a part of the experiment, they, they would still opt for doing the test. Right. And this, you know, gets into like, you know, literally right medical decisions and how many tests should you do? This is a very expensive, you know, sometimes, you know, life threatening or life, you know, altering decision when it comes to medical diagnoses. Right. Um, so it's a pretty significant bias. Um, and you sort of hope your doctor has, you know, gotten to the point where they understand where to draw the line. Although even then, right, there's this nervousness around, well, if I didn't do the test and there's like, is there going to be a malpractice suit later? Like all of these things start to come into it and, and, and sort of create this bias around thinking that more information is better. When in fact, many times, once you get past a certain threshold, more information can actually may help you make worse decisions. Uh, so a really great book about this, if you are interested, is Malcolm Gladwell's Blink, which is very much about this sort of war between intuitive decision making and, you know, in context and sort of what happens when you have too much information and how, you know, it's sort of the counterintuitive notion that sometimes less information is better. Um, we've kind of touched on that in the podcast before, that there are situations where the wrong information, right, uh, can actually steer you steer you off. It's sometimes helpful to have some information concealed if you want to make the better decision. It's really about what's the relevant decision. It's a signal versus noise, you know, situation at the end of the day. Um, but, you know, what this bias can lead to, one of my favorite examples is, and I forget who this was, but someone was talking about like a feasibility study they were involved in that cost way more than the thing they were studying. So it's like, okay, should we, you know, as a business, should we take this course of action? Um, before we do it, let's do a feasibility study to see if it's actually a good idea. The course of action cost, let's say, $100,000. The feasibility study cost a million. Like it was that big of a gap. Um so it's one of those, like, in retrospect, obvious examples of information bias, where it's just like you get so obsessed with getting more information, you kind of lose sight of the practicality, right, of the information. Um, and another thing I think that makes this a very relevant bias in this day and age is our obsession now with data, right? Like, we're able to collect more data than the human race has ever been able to collect before. But at the end of the day, I don't know that, A, we really know what we're collecting <laughs> or have an understanding about how we're choosing what we're collecting and also how we're trying to use that to make decisions. Like, are we gathering information that's actually going to help us make a useful decision? Um, for the most part, I don't think we are. And if you talk to a lot of data scientists, I think they'd agree with me. Like, And I think part of it is just it's still a young enough science that we haven't sort of become sophisticated in the way that we collect, decide what we'll collect, because that designing how you collect it is has its own set of biases that can go into it, which is where you get this notion of like racist AI, for example, um, that can come up from how you're designing the algorithms you're using to collect data or how you're teaching the computer to think about that data. Um, so there's all sorts of implications there, but at the end of the day, just thinking more is better can get us into a bit of a mess when it comes to data, especially now that we can collect it at a rate um, uh, and at a, a scale that has heretofore been unimagined um, in human history. Uh, so something for us to look out for as we get better and better at collecting data. Um, so that is it for this week for the Cognitive Bias Podcast. I am David Dillon Thomas, and we will see you next time.